Right, we give it a second while everybody freshens in because I picked up last time that I started waffling on and we, we cut off the cut the beginning. But welcome, everybody, to episode three already of Coombe TV, as some have called it. Uh, Coombe Chat Show Live uh, with Davis and Dawes, as was the original name. Uh, and we've got another special guest for us tonight. And I bring both of them on at the same time. We got Davis coming straight in, Tim Berry. <laughs> Uh, straight at the same time is going to be Tom. I got I got distracted by questions. Squirrel, I get distracted easily. Um, but we've also got from VP Racing Fuels, we've also got our very own Peter Coleman. So I'm going to bring them both in now. Good evening, gents. Good evening, Chris. How are you both? I'm good, thank you. Yes, yeah, sorry, yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'd like to say um, things are probably uh, no different to uh, you guys, to be honest. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, Peter. Well, welcome to your first foray into uh, Davis and Dawes at uh, on Castle Coombe Chat Show. Nervous? Um, <laughs> incredibly. Uh, anything could happen in the next uh, forty-five minutes, as they say. But uh, thank you so much for having me on, guys. It's um, especially so early into the series, uh, episode three. Um, really excited to uh, you know to to keep getting a load of motorsport um, chat going really and um, you know so happy to be here and thanks for having me along. No, I appreciate. Yeah, I'll be kicking Chris quite a minute whilst he's drinking. And um, I've just been passed by the current Mrs. Dawes. Why? <laughs> <laughs> you don't see me again. You know why, all right? <laughs> yeah, you're on a thin thin line there. Um, no, Peter, thank, no, thank you. I'm just going to say Tom, is that I don't feel alone with this because uh, you're joining me, not with gin so much, but you're joining me for a, a tipple tonight, Peter. I am indeed, yes. Um, just uh, just the just the traditional uh, traditional style pint. But uh, I I watched your first episode and uh, you were you were going some on the gin, Chris. So I thought I'll uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll join in. Uh, this is a nice IPA. So uh, anybody else who's uh, who's joining and. Uh, uh, feels the need for a, a glass of coping juice. Um, drink responsibly, everybody, and uh, here's to a, a pleasant evening of chat. It numbs the pain listening to Chris. Um, <laughs> so, Charming. So, so, Peter, no, thank you for coming on. And I, I just want to say, first of all, one of the reasons is your um, your your sponsor of Castle Coombe Circuit and our championships, and um, and and a fuel uh, supplier as well, um, and also supply um, into Merlin Motorsport as well. So that was one of the reasons I wanted to get you on um, because obviously you, I, I just want to say thank you to all our sponsors at the moment. And um, we were trying to get as Absolutely. many on as we can because it really does help and we're all in it together. Um, but also, you know, you we've known each other on and off about 10 years uh, now and you've got a really good background, which I didn't know until the, until the sort of earlier today, uh, about your interest in motorsport as well. Oh, that's right. And, you know, so, I mean, it's it's great and, you know, really appreciative that VP Racing Fuels for having the opportunity to, you know, continue to get the message out there. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure we'll come to um, a, a bit of time to chat about the product and chat about the folk using them. Um, I'm just really sorry that uh, that we're not uh, that we're not sitting down in person in a, a nice sunny paddock. Um you know, having one of uh, Marcus's Marshall's breakfasts and um, actually having the opportunity to to talk to some racers. But um, but yeah, you're right. I, I I came to motorsport very early on, and um, I've just been seeking out opportunities to be involved in it, and remain involved in it ever since. 
No, that's great. And I, and I think a lot of that's the thing with a lot of people, isn't it? I mean, we've all come from various backgrounds of, of, of motorsport. And, you know, like I said, and I think you'll just hit the nail on the head. It's a, such a shame, isn't it, that, um, that you know, we're not sat in the paddock. Um, I'm not sure about yeah. uh, uh, about having a breakfast. Uh, one of my breakfasts. I'm trying to keep my uh, my waistline going, but um, yeah, that would have been what was it, Chris? That would have been not this coming Monday. It'd have been a week later, wouldn't it? Thirteenth on Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A week on Monday. <clears throat> I know it's uh, it 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 is devastating, isn't it? Because we'd be looking. I mean, I'd have already been at. Uh, a few other circuits up until now as well and uh it, it just there is an almighty hole isn't it and doesn't it show just how strong the passion for motor racing is amongst us are you seeing that peter because obviously you know fuel and additives and things are you seeing that at the moment that people are still having that you know are desperate and they are talking to you and they're wanting to get product um yeah definitely i mean um you know Obviously, we can't go racing, and um, you know there, there was a period where we couldn't go, uh, where we could go testing, and we were able to do track days. But now everything's on, on lockdown. Really, um, our message as a supplier into the motorsport industry really is that um, we at VP are doing a lot of work behind the scenes. We're making sure that we've got all of our back office up to up to speed. We're doing a lot of um, lots of maintainer contacts and things like that. Um, and basically making sure that we are completely ready for the point at which racing resumes so that the motorsport um, fraternity really can count on VP to deliver not just the racing fuels, but also uh, the other products which we're, which we're becoming increasingly famous for. And that, that, that covers things like uh, fuel additives, uh, coolants, uh, motorsport uh, plastic containers, um, and... You know, we're working harder and harder on bringing um, a bigger range of VP's famous uh, products uh, over from the States and uh, hopefully getting uh, getting them into as many hands as uh, as racers have our fuel right now. How big is it in, in America? How Actually, how big is a VP brand in perspective? Uh, it's, a, it's a really big brand. It's one of those brands that gets, um, you know, if you're uh, if you're out and about and you've, uh, you've got a... Uh, you know, if you've got a, uh, any, of your, any of your VP merchandise on, you know, if you're wandering around like a, just a Home Depot or a garden centre or anything like that, um, you know, the, it is one of those brands that is, that is hugely recognisable um, and it kind of transcends motorsport over there. Mm. Um, and we've got a couple of main competitors um, who, uh, who do battle with, uh, with us in all forms of motorsport, uh, but also have uh, full-blown fuel stations over there as well. So, from from a, a US perspective, um, it's, a, it's a fairly it's a fairly big brand, um, and that's what gives us the uh, the opportunity to uh, just to just to bring not just uh, drag fuels or fuel suitable for. Um, for, for drift, uh, no gins. Sorry, Pete. Um, but um, no, nothing suitable for commentators. Uh, it depends what stage in the day we're talking, Chris. To be honest, you know, I'm not um, fancy anything. Fine. <laughs> I, um, I, I like the posts we've been getting from people that have said, uh, uh, "Can anybody reckon, uh, recommend a good breakfast wine?" <laughs> oh, now I, I do have a story about that. Um, there's uh, th there was a, a period in time where I I got involved with a, a venture called Formula One in pubs 
I don't know if you guys yeah. ever heard of that. Yeah. Um, and that was that was basically a, an online initiative to bring fans together um, in pubs. Um, but the idea was that you had an arrangement with the pub in, uh, in advance so that the, the Formula One would be on, it would be on the screens. Um, and of course, you, know, you, you uh, encourage the pubs into that by saying, we're going to bring people along, we're going to get people to drink in your pubs. Thing is, I'd underestimated the 2012 season quite a lot of early morning races so um so we did end up having uh, having a, a bit of a taste off on all of the different beers and seeing which went better with the full english that they had on offer um and star of ramen funnily enough good breakfast beer well exactly i mean uh, you know people are trying to hide behind the fact that we're working from home is the reason for that but that's what bucks fizz was created for wasn't it for breakfast wine but there we go <laughs> <laughs> it's got the so are, you, are you are you are you a big f1 fan peter is that something because is that something that's close to you then obviously if you were involved in that i think it was um it was probably the first thing that 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 got me got me interested in motorsport there wasn't like a we it wasn't a uh, uh thank you vp yes we're, uh, there's vp is a, is, is, a, is a business <laughs> that's very fond of its scotch um and there are a plenty of aficionados at vp who uh, who know their stuff and um yeah that's that's part of the team spirit there so uh cheers guys sorry i'm not on the scotch tonight um so um but yeah uh going back to the formula one uh didn't have a real family involvement in motorsport and i wasn't one of those kids who was brought up at racetracks you know you see so many of them at club races and things like that who yeah they don't have an option they're coming along they're camping they're going where their parents go um i i remember very specifically uh it was uh it was spring 1989 um and it was the san marino grand prix and uh at that point there were Three, yeah, four channels available. <laughs> so, um, so after doing a bit of flicking around and um, you know uh, finding finding grandstand, um, I turned on the uh, the Grand Prix. Um, so saw there was some action going on. Um, at which point, Gerhard Berger in his Ferrari left the track at Tamburello, spun around, bits flew off the car, and it caught fire. And I thought, well, this is dramatic, isn't it? Um, it was just, it was just like, oh my god, the drama, and you know, so, yeah. and you, you pick up, uh, you know, it's, it's the excitement, it's, it's far off Italy, it's, um, you know, it's a certain kind of gladiatorial spirit, especially Formula One in the eighties, um, and that, that's the thing. I genuinely know the moment I got hooked. That's me. Yeah, that's good. Feel like you, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I remember that race as well, actually. I was at my uh, grandparents' uh, house up in uh, Redditch, uh, and that was on, and uh, my dad was outside, I think we were barbecuing or something, and uh, suddenly came in as the point that that accident happened, and uh, yeah. he, uh, he, it was one of those first moments I heard my dad swear, to be honest. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I remember it well. It was quite a panic, but because uh, it was quite a biggie, wasn't it? And everybody loved uh, mm. Gerhard Berg. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was one of those you know one of those lucky escapes. I think you've got that that line if you go from kind of um, eighty two through to ninety four. You had that line where 
you know, there wasn't a fatality at Formula One race uh, race weekend, um, and you know that that was one of the, that was one of the real lucky escapes. And I remember Gerhard had you know he had the backs of his hands were all burned, and yeah, but you know, still, it's that gladiatorial thing. And as an impressionable teenager, you you go, wow, you know, this is really this is really something. I'm going to watch the next time this is on, and you know. Um, I think um, th- th- there was also that that, that 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 interesting side of it being so international as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you had all of these drives and all these teams from, you know, racing all over the world, and even more so nowadays. But now they're a bit more accessible. Then you were just kind of peering through a, um, a CRT television, um, and you know, hoping that you'd get a decent a decent signal from the host broadcaster. How things have changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> First, sort of thing that really grabbed your attention because it was dramatic, and uh, it's probably no wonder you've got a love for, for Castle Coombe with our infamous Quarry Corner. Then, if you love a bit of the oh, drama, yeah. it won, didn't it? It won last night. Well, Quarry, night. yeah, victory for Quarry, yeah. That's the. Th- I, I was happy to see that uh, earlier today. It's um, and again, you know, Castle Castle Coombe is it, yeah, it's got a special place for me. But, you know, it's it, it was. It was one of the first circuits I, I I visited professionally, you know, running events. Um, but also, you know, because it's got that um, kind of familiar uh, uh, airfield outline to it, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it, it is reminiscent of a lot of those circuits, um, which we don't necessarily need to name. But um, but yeah, anything that has that perimeter road feel to it will have those big big corners, um, you know, which you know that they look simple enough, but the speeds the guys are taking them—they t- can take a lifetime to master. Well, it's, yeah, we, we, you know, we were chatting on Sunday to uh, uh, Nigel Greensaw, and he was saying that he absolutely adores it because it's it's one of the the, the last brave circuits. You know, it, it really is. And yeah. I'm not speaking necessarily from experience. I've been on it and uh, and what have you, and uh, been for a couple of passenger laps. A few of them that are watching will mock me for the fact that I was. <laughs> too scared to stay there for too long um but uh it is it's a very very brave circuit very very unforgiving uh, mm. and it was where i fell in love with racing as a five-year-old sat up at quarry corner it was no surprise that that one uh with my dad um growing up over in Yater, Ye- Ye- as uh, as you uh, weren't surprised that i've got a cider and black earlier tom as well <laughs> no comment <laughs> yeah what did you say? Can't take you can take the boy out of eight, but yeah, yeah, take the boy yeah. out of Can't take you out of the boy. <laughs> yeah, but fell in love with racing up there, and they gave me the break uh, for commentating. In fact, it was the fit picture came up today that it was um, yeah. seven years ago today that I was formally made part of the commentary team because I did a, oh, a right. training year to start with. Um, and then got the all the gear that you know, Chris Dawes part of the commentary team. And uh, my wife took a photo of me with just the biggest, stupidest grin on my face. <laughs> I was like overwhelmed and so proud, um, uh, to, to become part of that. And it's never looked back since, you know, it's just grown and grown. But uh, you know, on the Castle Coombe side, is that you know, to, to do the race meets, to do the action days, to do the racing schools. Um, the awards night to be on the board of the racing club. It's just like an absolute dream for me. Mm. And, and getting to meet guys like yourself, and I have to, to compliment you, you guys work incredibly hard because I always get to catch up with you guys in the paddock. You're there with the fuel available 
We try to make that clear on air as well. And people need to get used to the fact that it is there and available on the day. You guys really genuinely work hard. I know that it, you you enjoy being there, but it's mm. that's in all weathers and you're still there. That's that's the great thing, you know. Um, it, when, when you mix uh, when you mix passion uh, with uh, you know, with, with your, your your means of earning a living, um, you know you don't you, you don't pick and choose quite so much. You know, if there's an opportunity to be at a circuit, and you know, uh, hey, above all, still getting that thrill of not having to pay to get in. Um, yeah, yeah. So you know the the, the fact that we can be there. Um, <laughs> the fact that we can be there. Um, you know. Uh, with a with a gazebo up and you know with the fuel available and it's thanks to thanks to Tom that you know VP fuels is uh, are available um, you know right right there at the circuit for people to buy and use and pour in right at the right at the track. Um, it's uh, it gives us a great opportunity not just to kind of soak up the atmosphere of the paddock, watch some of the racing, but also to talk to the racers who you know. They might have questions. There's so many um, happy anniversary, mate. Um, there's so many uh, different rules and interpretations and championships and regulations um, which surround the sport. And you know, VP exists to make power. We exist to uh, to, to give people the best possible uh, opportunity that they can. Um, you know, I, I've even sold it to some people as, you know, a kind of uh, talent enhancer, you know, it just gives you that, <laughs> gives that, gives that little bit extra. But, um, <laughs> some of that. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a super opportunity and we, you know, we, we you know, uh, uh, I and, uh, and also, also my chum, Mark Gardner, who, uh, who heads up Racefield Logistics, who is a UK importer, who, uh, I hope is uh, hope is tuning in as well. A uh, big shout out to him as well because um, you know without w- without that passion that's that, that's put in uh, behind the scenes, we don't get um, as many opportunities to get in front of people and to to have a serious chat about you know you know you spend you know you, you spend so much on preparing your car, um, but you've got a, a knackered jerry can of uh, of fuel that you bought from the local fuel station. Have you ever thought about you know? Changing things up um, and yeah, realizing a few a few extra tenths that you know going that extra mile will will take you. Um, and in a lot of cases, I you know I had a few conversations on social media uh, fairly recently. Um, you know you can you can spend a lot of money with a with a with a driving uh, a driving coach to get some extra tenths. But then equally, if you haven't maxed out all the elements of your car, mm. you haven't got the the perfect setup, the perfect um, tune on the engine, the perfect set of tyres, you'll never do the perfect lap. Um, we did some testing, didn't we, last year um, with Circuit Motors, uh, who were you know, more or less yeah. on site with their rolling road. And yeah. I was absolutely amazed. They've got a little, it's a little Fiesta ST. And um, those guys, in fairness, they, they, you know, they're really good at what they do anyways. It's a Sabre tuning and um, Paul and... Um, uh, uh Leighton. Um but that thing was they couldn't believe it, could they? I mean they showed all your products and they couldn't believe how that little engine was um really, really singing, wasn't it, on that on your on your fuels. That's it. Oh my friend Donato, thank you so much for the shout out, Donato. Thank you. Um so Donato in from uh in from North Carolina. Uh I think he's over there at the moment. But uh but yeah um missing you Donato this one's for you. Um <laughs> Actually, it was mine. 
Um, but yeah, we did a uh, we organised, and again, thanks Tom for for, for giving us the excuse of um, coming down and actually putting some different uh, yeah so some different uh, fuels through uh, what was I think it was a one point six um, uh, Fiesta yeah, ST, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Um, and we started that off with a, a standard jerry can uh, filled with uh, filled with pump fuel. Went up from that. We uh, we went the went the slight, slight track day route, if you like, um, because fuel additives for racing are aren't, aren't permitted um, right now. So we added some octanium mm-hmm. uh, unleaded, which is our which is our new hero octane booster product, um, and you know trust a race fuel manufacturer to, to, to tell you about additives. Um, so that already showed when we tuned and optimized the car, that already showed a boost uh, in horsepower. And then we went up to um, our RX102 blend, which is our, it's our standard FIA um, Motorsport UK uh, compliant uh, blend of fuel. Um, and that yet again showed another spike up uh, in performance. Uh, and then for well for for giggles um, because again we went outside of the outside of the regulations a little bit for uh, for, for circuit based motorsport at least but in the fields of uh, of drifting for example you'd get uh, something like our motorsport 109 which is uh, which is kind of 109 octane um, plus uh, with a very high level of oxygen in it. Um, and at that point, that little Fiesta just started singing, and we got over 400 horsepower out of it. Um, and yeah, though anybody is absolutely free to uh, to check out vpracingfuels.com, where there is a link not just to the video of that day, but to loads and loads and loads of content, engine builder testimonials, product information. Again, not just on the fuels, but on all our range of coolants, additives, uh, motorsport drugs and containers, and BP's lubricant range as well. So it's it's genuinely tested product, and it can deliver uh, exactly what it uh, claims on the tin, I would say. Big tins they are as well. Oh, yeah. Get the big barrels actually at the circuit, don't you? I just think they look fantastic. Yeah, well, Merlin, I mean, those jugs, I mean, Merlin started stocking the, jug, the jugs and they were flying off the shelves. So they couldn't believe that people, um, they say really because you can get like, all different colours and they're just a, a lovely looking bit of kit. Uh, and that's, like I say, the, you know, one of the things I originally remember seeing VP in the UK was two things with, the, with those jugs and obviously your, your um, association with drag racing uh, up at Santa Pod, which, which I talked about the other day, Santa Pod. But again, I think, you know, it'd be good to understand what you, you when I spoke to you before you were going out to America a while back. Um, tell us about, a bit about what's going out on there then, because you, you do sponsor some huge championships over there, don't you? You're, you're um, do some really good stuff over there. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there's there, there's so many championships um, and not just on four wheels, um, on two wheels, Um with we're associated with uh, American Flat Track, uh, which is a fairly recent uh, development. Uh, mm-hmm. There's there's a little series called IMSA, which we are the official fuel of, and it's absolutely amazing to see. Um, you know, especially when you get drivers. And yeah, I'm, I'm going to come back to the old kind of um, the, the the kind of Formula One connection a little way, um, where where you, we start thinking well. Yeah, looking at who's driving at IMSA, you've got people like Montoya, you've got people like Alonso, you've got people, you know, absolute um, absolute legends like Alex Zanardi, for heaven's sake, 
So, you know, for, for, the, for those guys, um, you know, having, having the VP Deckel on, the, uh, on their, their race overalls was a, was a real badge of honour for us. And also to have the VP flowing through the cars as well. So, you know, in terms of big uh, uh, global race series, IMSA's right up there. Um, but, Nick, the jugs are three gallon or five gallon. Uh, and Berlin, I think, do have, uh, do have a range of, uh, uh, of either. There's a slight more choice of uh, colours in the fives, but uh, I'm sure they'll have something that suits. There you go, um, Nick. Size No problem. And then um, just to just to bring things right up to date, we had. Um, I'm not sure if you caught on uh, on Top Gear when uh, uh, when 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 Freddie and Chris went to do the Baja race. Uh, that was uh, that was something quite special and. Um, uh, VP is the uh, is the official fuel of uh, Score, which o- organises a lot of those uh, through the desert races, um, and through through a number of connections, we managed to get the guys into a liveried car, um, and we had even had Freddie wearing uh, wearing one of our uh, one of our VP caps, <laughs> chilling in the back of a truck, waiting for Chris, who'd obviously um, hit trouble. Um, but yeah, th- th- that's the that's the scale of motorsport that we're involved mm. in. Uh, across the states, um, and it's you know, and that's on top of providing all of the clubman's fuel into um, that, that gets burned in so so many um, NHRA races as well. Um, you know, there's there's a, other efficient fuels which are out there, but um, you know, VP's been going forty five years. There we go, five and threes. Um, VP's been going forty five years now, uh, and. Uh, through it all, we've managed to find a blend that suits pretty much any sport, um, whether it's hovercraft racing, uh, dirt bikes, TT races. Uh, Michael Dunlop's one of our one of our fuel as well, um, and so much more. Talking of so much, you know, that uh, Scott Tinari said that he liked the VP chairs that you had at Autosport. Ah, yes. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, those are our drum chairs. And, <laughs> as if by magic... There you go, look at yeah, that. Those, it tonight. <laughs> those are available online. Um, yeah, deliveries from the States. Uh, that's wow. another thing about, about being, um, yeah, being, being a full-blown US brand. Everything's made fresh in the States, including the fuel. It's all sealed fresh in those, in those containers. Um, we are looking at a few more options to get because, yeah, wherever we go, wherever, if we're... We brought them down to to Coombe. We've uh, had them at Race Retro. We've had them at the Autosport Show, um, and no matter where we go, uh, we get some great comments about uh, mm. you know, e- even the fact that the drum furniture it's the perfect thing for the man cave. Everybody says uh, they make you sit down quicker as well. So that's good. Oh yeah, yeah. Take the weight off. Tim, always, oh sorry, go on. Yeah. Valid point. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, we call it the elephant in the room, but it is the mm. fact the fact there is no motor race at the moment. Uh, how, and I'd add to that really, or probably more importantly, what is VP doing at the moment? Uh, well, you know, in, in common with a lot of businesses, there's a lot of consolidation going on. Um, you know, there's, we're, you know, a big business in the US, and very, but that makes us a very resilient business as well. Um, and we are, we are, to a certain extent, um, from the point of view of supplying into series, we're talking to our series partners, we're talking to our 
circuit partners and um, a shout out to the guys at, at Santa Pod as well, because you know, we have a, have a great relationship with them on the drag side as well. Um, we're basically keeping everybody informed. We're keeping everybody uh, up to date. We're working more and more with our distributors across Europe um, who, uh, who do rely on the shipping lines being able to get the fuel to them. So really, you know, we're, we're using the benefit of 45 years of experience of going through all kinds of, uh, all kinds of commercial scenarios, whether it was the credit crunch, whether it was SARS, whether it's this, this new challenge. And we're going to weather that and we're going to be back in the paddocks and providing the racing fuel um, when, things, when things turn up. Um, but at the moment, you know, we're, we're working on the house. We're looking for new opportunities. Um, my particular focus is, you know, making sure that our European network is, uh, is, is in good shape and continues to grow as well. I was going to say I didn't realise um, up until I didn't realise any you know no fault of your own, but how many different product lines VP have got? There wasn't um, Steve Patty or was it your marketing director? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and, and I couldn't believe I went away and did a little bit more research, which I probably should, probably should have done in the first place. I'll admit to that. But um, but it, car cleaning, um, obviously ch- chainsaws, you name it. I mean, there's a oh, yeah, huge. Absolutely huge amount of vp products that aren't currently in the uk um hmm. but i you know i assume that's uh, that's something that you'd want to try and you guys want to do at some point make it a sort of a global household or a household brand over in the uk it really is and uh, watch this space because we've got a number of um we've got a number of uh new developments coming through um we need the we need the support obviously of a lot of our distribution partners to to make a lot of this happen you know nothing happens without an awful lot of people working very hard behind the scenes. But uh, we have small engine fuels for agricultural equipment. Uh, we have um, uh, we have a range of lubricants. We have a car cleaning uh, stuff. Um, really, at the moment, and in the, in the US, a lot of that is uh, a lot of that is based on. Um, uh, sorry, I'm just reading the questions as they come in, so I'm getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> He's waiting. He's priming you. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll go so, back. Yeah, so, so there's a, the, 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 there is a there is a big range of stuff, but you know the 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 the, um, uh, the, the VP brand's been going in the states for as I say forty five years, and so it's grown that huge huge brand recognition. Um, we're we're working on kind of fast tracking that process, um, not just in the UK but also across Europe. Um, and as we get a get a bigger groundswell of fans and appreciation and you know uh, circuit arrangements like we have here and um, more and more um, ardent fans, then we'll be looking for more people to come and you know, say, well, we want to put a yeah, you know, we, we, we want to run VPN in my streamer. Yeah, you know, we want to run. Um, yeah, we, we we believe in your stuff. But, you know, we believe in the value of the brand. So that's what they're there to fulfill but um rome wasn't built in a day but equally best time to begin is now well the reason why i bring that one up as you said that is that matt coyle is actually the uh, championship coordinator for the saloon car championship at coombe but he's also the owner of uh, dark hound auto care and that is that they do all of the uh, the, the, the auto care the cleaning so he's got excited there's someone yeah, that have a chat to about that one so that that would be good definitely, um, definitely. A couple of others, and I know that you spotted a couple of these coming up. Uh, first of all, I know I'm in trouble for, for that one a little bit. <laughs> Ooh, uh, but uh, uh, we've also got 
and I'm going to bring these together because they're they're valuable valuable uh, points. Although I'm going to suddenly quickly because we've got a couple of heroes on watching us. Uh, Emma Mason saying uh, hi guys, and uh, the other half there, Chris Mason. Good evening. I hope you're all well. Absolute heroes on the front line on the medical side, uh, doing an awesome job. And again, yeah. thank you from the bottom of our hearts for thank everything you, you do. Yeah, and so I want to make sure we, we got that one out. Now, we've got, uh, first of all, and I know this is the one that threw you initially, Gerald Howell uh, uh -huh. said, Peter, did I read somewhere that you started off as a volunteer marshal? And I'm going to bring in a different one as well because we've got someone else watching, uh, uh, friends that I've made up north. Uh, hello, Castle Coombe, Chris Dawes and VP Fuels from the Knickerbrook Hardcore. Oh, fantastic. And as I understand it, that's where it started. It is exactly where that where that started. Yeah, the like I say, my my you know the first time I saw motorsport was nineteen eighty nine on grandstand. Um, I think by the following year, um, I'd, um, I'd 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 attended a marshals training day at Alton Park, and I'd take myself an orange pro band and my steel tip boots and everything else, and that that was before I'd even hit 16 and was able to go out on circuit. So I was doing the paddock marshalling and, uh, and everything around then, but some, you know, huge, hugely fond memories. Um, but that's, you know, that's what I say to anybody. And there's, there's been people who've contacted me on, on, um, on LinkedIn, um, even saying, you know, what's the best route into the industry. It's great to be, you know, it's, it's lovely to be asked that question. Um, for me, without too many kind of connections in the industry, becoming a volunteer marshal not only guarantees you the best seat in the house when it comes to the racing, also means that you're involved, you're part of the team, um, teaches you so much. Um, timekeeping is one. <laughs> Make sure you get there in time to sign on and uh, you know go and go out and report to post. Um, some terrific guys uh, who, who marshal absolutely all over the world. And they... Um, they, yeah, they, uh, especially British marshals who travel, um, represent beautifully. I know British marshals go as far as Australia. Uh, they go to Nürburgring 24 hours. I've spoken to guys who've been there. Uh, it was British marshals that started off the um, the, the marshalling training um, in Abu Dhabi for the first race mm -hmm. there. So uh, it's still a, a huge, um, a huge place in my heart for marshalling. But it does get you to the to the heart of the action. Um, yeah. Yeah. It genuinely does. I mean, I make the point is that no one other than the driver gets nearer. And and, and I find it uh, humbling is the amount of... I, I always make a key point is that I, I've always made it clear, the Orange Army, the absolute heroes of motorsport, yeah. if they're not there, we don't get to go racing. It's as simple as that. But they're yeah. volunteers, unpaid volunteers. They're there yeah. in all weathers. Uh, you can go and do as much or as little as you want by signing up. And if you can only go one weekend a year, that's all you do. If uh, you're able to go every weekend and you're going to jeopardise your relationship, then go for it. You know, it's, it's there for you to take as much or as little of it as you want. But like, yeah, makes sense. Orange Army, they're always sort of like thanking me for thanking them. And I've had yeah. offers of like my training company, Open Doors Training. They put badges on their overalls because they're grateful that I say it. The Snetterton Marshals have just uh, uh, got me doing a quick fire uh, question and answers because I commentate at Snetterton a lot as well. And they sort of said, oh, you know, Snetterton commentator, Chris Dawes, we want to see this. And, and I'm like going, wow, hang on a minute. All I've done is thank you for what yeah, you're doing. What you're doing. Yeah. They're so humble that they don't realise that it's not something we're doing to get anything yeah. back. No, mm. yeah. 
fantastic. We thank them. So it started, that's where you fell in love. Incidentally, by the way, I'm going to go with another one on the Alton Park because Nigel Forrest from uh, the uh, Knickerbrook Hardcore has come up with a, an interesting question uh, that I hope makes sense. Was What's the theoretical maximum oxygen level you can <laughs> squeeze into a fuel and what do F1 and top fuel NHRA run? Okay. Um, now we're getting into um, now we're getting into a lot of a lot of trade secrets, especially when it when it comes to F one. Um, uh, obviously, F one's got an awful lot of commercial tie ups, and so um, each each Formula One fuel I know is uh, I know is you know a highly specific blend, but it's also highly regulated as well. Um, you know, I think um, it's we're, we're a long way away from those you know the if you permit me to wax lyrical about the 1980s turbo era, where you had not just qualifying engines, but qualifying fuel. Um, so, you know, things have been regulated down quite a lot since then, but it still doesn't mean that there aren't a fleet of scientists waiting to come up um, come up with the right kind of solution. With regard to the top fuel NHRA and, um, and the, the other technical questions, um, the uh, the top fuel runs purely is 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 pure alcohol as far as I'm aware. There's um, it's it's this um, it's alcohol oh, it's stunning stuff, and um, I've had the pleasure of being on the start line at an uh, HRA, and you can smell that stuff coming through. Mm. Um, as far as the chemistry goes, though, uh, I'm not going to claim to be an expert. Um, I'm I'll I'll safely say I'm more on the commercial side, but Nigel. Uh, Euro sales at vpracingfuels.com. Let's talk fuel. Yeah, good man. Uh, interesting one as well. Chris Mason. Oh, by the way, before I put that one up, is that we made, I mean, again, humble uh, to, to the end, is that Chris Mason from the medical side that we just thanked, and he's just said, thank you all. And it's like, no, Chris, it's all about thanking you, mate. But he's uh, raised an interesting, potentially hard answer as it stands, but it, it happens to be a lot of that's a good question um I, again it would be something that that took place in in texas and I, I have to say i'm not i'm not familiar with um with the with the granular level level of detail when it comes to uh you know what's being done from from the kind of motorsport community or even the manufacturing community's point of view out in the states um so I guess in theory potentially, but equally there's there's a load of big pharma companies that that, that, that are probably um, turning over quite quickly to to answer that need. I know there's a lot of companies, and um, you know, shout out to the brewers uh, who are who are turning their hand to it this side of the pond. Um, but um, the thing that impresses me so much right now is seeing motorsport come into um, the public eye. Yeah, we had Mercedes F1 trending on Twitter just for the fact that they were part of that fast reaction team to come up with more solutions for ventilators um so that's yeah, yeah. that's just a great example of how um how motorsport you know through through being able to do fast development and you know test today race tomorrow that kind of mentality it's it's something that does benefit all mankind when you um Peter, weren't you lucky enough to go to McLaren's um center uh, a few months ago am I right in thinking that Gosh, yeah, yeah. Um, I just given away your freebie day. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was a, it was an invitation uh, that that fell my way. Um, 
I, I can only assume that something got lost in the post and they um, uh, um, and, and, and they sent me the, mis the invitation by mistake because as soon as you arrive there, you know, you kind of get this feeling of I'm not worthy. Yeah. You know, somebody who looked up to, you know, Ron Dennis and, you know, Berger, Senna and Hakkinen and all of those guys, you know, coming, coming through. Uh, the fact that you then walk into the te technology centre and you're faced with, you know, Denny Holmes' Can-Am car um, and, you know, a fleet of McLaren F1s, um, including the GTR. Um, but the, the best thing about that um breakfast right <laughs> uh, no, no not even nothing can beat the coon breakfast nothing let's be serious about this um the, the the best thing about that was the one of the model cars i built as a kid which was the 1990 mclaren mp45b was there um it was at the end of the hallway and um and uh they said, "Come, come a bit closer. You can have it. You can have a look." I said, "I don't want to touch. I don't want to touch. I'm not worthy." Uh, and they made me look into the cockpit, and in the cockpit, just stuck to the carbon fibre on the side of the cockpit, was the scrutineering sticker from Suzuka, 1990, oh. and that was Senna's chassis from Suzuka, which presumably they put the front wheel back on. Um, but yeah, it's just like that. That was yeah. just you know, um, yeah, for somebody who kind of squinted at that and you know recorded all the races and recorded all the highlights on vhs God knows what I've done with those. um it was uh, it, it was really special so um i i recommend any measures that you can possibly take to get a tour of the mclaren technology center well i think that you know where you're saying about like uh, that car for example is that it kind of highlights is that even those that are in the sport already as high as say lewis hamilton He's still beside himself when he sees that car. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's something special, isn't it? Um, yeah. And I, I remember just you know I think the, the first the first car you see in the flesh is quite is quite incredible because you you realise nothing. You know, every car looks different in the metal than than it looks on a screen or it looks on a on a on a drawing pad or anything like that. Um, but yeah, the excitement of being there and actually seeing the car in um in the metal is, is is quite something um and it makes you think well you know god what must it be like no exactly right uh nice one again from emma mason on the medical side maybe fuel the med car for faster response times that would work that would work definitely but what, what you're running in the med car at the moment i, I hate to think <laughs> chip fat probably well you know <laughs> it's, uh, it's environmentally responsible we can come up with something. Let's get some. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Matt, yourself out of trouble there somewhat. Um, uh, great to see that we've got so many people watching all around Simo from uh, Alton Park as well. We just mentioned Alton Park uh, and uh, great to see that he's watching uh, from VP Racing Fuels again. Top fuel and funny car run on nitromethane with alcohol mix. Thanks for the backup, guys. Yeah, and that's uh, that's fantastic. You know, it's a uh, ah, there we go. There's the, and there's the answer to the earlier question. I thought as much. And there's um, you know, uh, there's a lot of the distillers and the uh, and and the uh, and the alcohol industry. Again, big shout out to the alcohol industry uh, playing their part. Um, so that again, that, that's that's great to know. Thanks, guys. 
I'm playing my card. Going back to I mean, the, the, the drag cars, I was, I was amazed. I mean, I've, drag car racing and the, and, the, and the top fuel stuff is just unbelievable. And you think it's expensive, you know, putting a putting some a jug of um, you know, race fuel into your race car. I mean, they burn it, don't they? They literally, I, I mean, it is just burning burning money that isn't it i mean they're, they're what was it 30 seconds 20 seconds not even that loose i don't well, i don't even know what times they're doing some of those boys i mean the the i had the the great pleasure of um uh when i went over to the sema show uh last year in las vegas I had the great pleasure of being um asked to come along there and uh made a little bit of an extension of the trip and went to the nhra at um at las vegas motor speedway and that's where Brittany Force did um, did a, a, a run that culminated in 338 miles an hour. Um, I was just like, you know, it, 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 this, this is quite something. Uh, people give, um, well, people certainly used to give uh, US motorsport a bit of a bad rap in Europe. There's the, there's the idea that um, because a lot of it that you see is NASCAR or Indy. And the guys basically going around in circles, and they don't necessarily race in the rain. It's you know, there's so much more to it than that. Um, and when you see the kind of grade of engineering that goes into not just those top fuel and funny car guys, but also the kind of dedication and the and the science that goes into all of the clubman's guys who are who are there all the way through the pit, um, working hard and just just trying to get that that extra tenth, that extra hundredth. Um, it's it's really a fantastic industry, um, and it's uh, you know it, we have so much to learn from that uh, this side of the pond again. I, I recommend uh, if people haven't been to Santa Pod, for some of you it may not be the thing that you'd go to regularly. It's a very you know some people will love it, some people won't. It's like fine, but if you've never been, you have to go and check yeah. it out. It 100%. is hundred percent. I've had the, the privilege of uh, being part of the commentary team up there twice, uh, and I'd, I'd love to go back and do more, but uh, circumstances conspired, and, and I just ended up busy uh, everywhere else. But the one that sticks in my mind the most is being on the commentary gantry over the start line, and they brought out one of the rocket cars, the rocket <laughs> And it was like that was the first time I'd been there, and we're up in this narrow gantry that just runs over with all the yeah. electric, electric cabins there and just enough parking to walk past there and we stood there and then the guy that's the expert turns around and says right it's the rocket car right chris you hold on to that and that we'll hold on to this and this and i kind of went <laughs> and he went no seriously you hold that and that and i'm like okay and held this stuff down and this thing's down there doing the the, the practice burns and he's got basically a guy in front orchestrating him got to do some of them quick sharp ones and then longer ones and uh, and then just goes charging down literally i forgot to commentate i hmm. was my heart was in my mouth the whole gantry was moving it was ridiculous that's the thing that's the golden rule of um well certainly of tv comms isn't it chris you know you yeah only talk when you can add to the action um but you know it's, but when you when you're somewhere like, you know, like santa pod i had the same experience you know the, you know the the, the drags just take off and they're in the distance they're in the next county yeah, yeah, in the space of a sneeze or something like that, and all you can think of saying is, "Did you see that? Did you actually <laughs> see that?" Um, so yeah, absolutely. If if you've if you've never been to to watch drag racing and it's in its full pomp in Europe, um, then then that would be uh, you know I can absolutely highly recommend when uh, 
when this unpleasantness is over, get yourself down to Santa Pod as well. I was going to say, I, I think there's a couple of people who put up their... Um... <laughs> yeah, Red D's on the car. Uh, but, um, <laughs> the, the times there, uh, Chris. Yeah, I was going to say there you go. I, I think well, I knew it was. It, yeah, it, it's like you say, it's a sneeze. It's it's ridiculous. And that that jet car is just something else. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think it's on his third Fire Force Three now. I think. Um, and, 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 and it's unbelievable. And the guy apparently, someone saying you have to stop after a certain amount of years because of the G force. Apparently, um, starts refracting your face. <laughs> I don't know what's yeah. true about that, but uh, yeah, bonkers. Yeah, bonkers. I mean, watching that thing go, I mean, it's bad enough just when it's warming up that the whole thing was moving, and then when it just launches, and literally, I just remember being stood, and, and, and I was very privileged to be on the gantry because you're looking, what most people don't get to see is mm -hmm. from the back, it disappearing. And this thing just literally just went from full size in front of you to... <laughs> And that's literally it. It's gone down to that small in the distance in, the, in an absolute blink of an eye. And I was also lucky enough to be able to go down under the gantry and then stand on. Have you ever stood where they actually start? Oh, man, that's, that's yeah, privileged territory, that is. It literally will pull your, stick your shoe down and your foot will come out just by trying to move. It is, they, they do the burnout and it is just that sticky down there and they make sure it's that sticky so they can get away. It's just ludicrous. It really, really is. Well, that's probably because the glue uh, that they use at, uh, at Santa Pod is made by a very reputable racing fuel manufacturer. <laughs> there you go. A fact you don't know every day. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not something we can uh, not something we can sell absolutely everywhere. You know, we can't we can't uh, can't kind of uh, sell it for supermarket car parks or anything like that where anybody else would be doing a burnout. But um, yeah, um, we, we we certainly uh, we we certainly supply uh, Santa Pod with the with the glue that they use and uh, countless other drag strips around the world as well. Just uh, uh, Nigel Forrest uh, again, my mate from uh, Alter Park, uh, the Nickelbrook Hardcore. Geek fact, I'll have to complete this for you because it only shows a bit of it. An F1 car could be going flat out crossing the start line on a drag strip and still lose to a top fuel car from a standing start over a quarter mile. That's pretty serious. That is that is that is a fantastic fact. Thank you. I'm going to note that in my, my book. I don't need to get quarry. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and and you were making the point uh tom about the on the face is that uh the top fuel dragster pulls more g's than the space shuttle on launch unbelievable isn't it there you go Fantastic. thanks guys important part is on launch because i think that it would go to more than that further up wouldn't it on a on a space shuttle but just incredible um yeah in, in fairness in fairness to the space shuttle um it's uh, what the space shuttle is is doing the top field dragster is not is fighting gravity um yeah. you, know, you got that versus that um I, I i as a bit of a space geek on the side um i did find that i can recommend a book um uh which which gives it's it's full of infographics about space and it did say that um the space shuttle has uh as much power as 1500 fighter jets on reheat when it takes off um which is quite impressive the other nice thing is that when it's um, no wondering you're able to geek off on us there when look at all those books that you've got there. So. <laughs> yeah, Chris, Chris and me. Not it's just cheap insulation, it's fine. 
There's no books here. <laughs> Yate, Chris. I mean, crikey. I mean, can you actually read? <laughs> oh, that's deep, man. That's deep. That's oh, cut me deep. You don't need to read. He talks. Well, there is exactly. that. There is that. Yeah. Poor Mrs. Um, Poor Mrs. Dawes. <laughs> yeah, the current Mrs. Dawes, yeah. <laughs> I'm in so much trouble. I'm gone, I'm gone. I loved you all. It was nice knowing you. Um, but Peter, honestly, is that we've covered so much about VP uh, Racing Fuels, as we're supposed to, and, and everything that's come in and some great interaction from the viewers, and thank you all for yeah, that. thank you. I want to make a point of going through is that there's so much more to you than I realised, uh, and, and despite the amount of times that you and I have caught up at the circuit, mm. and, and, what do, and I'm going to go through this, and I, I'm gonna, some of this, because of the time, I'm going to sort of list through it so that we're aware of it, and some bits we'll delve oh. deeper into. Through your marshalling at Alton Park, you found a job for your year out between school and university, running track deck days up and down the UK. Yeah, yeah. We've got a close affinity with track day uh, companies. I know we put up someone from uh, Slip and Grip earlier and that, that are glued to it and what have you. So you got to actually run track days as well. Um, yeah, started a relationship. I, um, again, you know, still you know, having that free access into a motor racing circuit. Um, I then adopted you know, a philosophy, which is, it's a really healthy one. Um, and, you know, especially, especially when people want to be get, getting out of the situation we find ourselves in and going, you know, I want to do something else, I want to do something else, uh, then um, asking is free. Um, that's, that, that's, that's a philosophy which I espoused at that particular point. So I just went round the paddock um, and I banged on the doors of all of the, all of the motorhomes of all the race companies until somebody said, yeah, you can come and do stuff with us. Um, and so I ended up uh, basically as part of a, uh, a team which ran up, uh, uh, the company was called Club 89 um, uh, since, uh, which has morphed now into what is now MSV track days through a series of mergers oh, and acquisitions. Um, but it's, you know, it's nice, it's still going in spirit. And, oh. um, and so, uh, so uh, at that point, you had to explain to somebody in some detail what track day was. Mm. This was the early 90s, remember? So it wasn't, you know, that people weren't doing track day specials. So in a lot of cases, this was finally an opportunity for anybody who'd got a Caterham 7 uh, to actually find somewhere to play with it. Otherwise, you'd have 911s and M3s. That was your standard um, track car package. Um, or supercars, which soon discovered that they were potentially a little bit heavy and ran out of brakes so that was great it just you know nothing beats a, a cold paddock with uh, with the smell of uh, with the smell of fuel in the air it's just not vp fuel at that point that came later but <laughs> <laughs> okay so that was between school and university you then went off to university and then after that you joined a company which ran european tours and track festivals hmm. The, the track day guys seem to sort of like bridge that gap and do a bit of both these days but you got to take clients to Nürburgring, Monza and Spa and the most random thing you did at that <laughs> point you got to tell us about this yeah so um uh, the, this company which I was working for Wheel Talk I was kind of responsible for their um their close-in European operation my degree was in languages so I was a handy person to have around in a crisis you know when Everybody else is kind of um, doing charades. You can actually 
make make a difference and make something count or you know talk to a doctor or talk to a marshal and get help to where it's needed because you know sometimes you know you run i probably run a couple of hundred track days you get you know you get incidents and problems which we all have to um surmount but we'd run we'd got about six days a year at Nürburgring. Um, and we kept saying, can we have more? Can we have more? Because we're bringing 200 cars over from the UK for a closed track, track days, um, you know, a couple of days at a time uh, on the Nordschleife. Um, and so they came to us and said, well, um, do you want more days? And we went, yeah. Uh, and they said, do you mind when? And we said, no. Um, and they said, well, how about uh, end of February? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Um, trouble is, you know, over at Nürburgring, it's in it's in the Eiffel mountain range, and it's it's, it's not warm. <laughs> uh, so offering it as a offering it as a as a track day wasn't going to work. Um, people weren't going to take that gamble and come out and you know uh, hope that the conditions were going to be right or that it wasn't sheet ice or something like that. So uh, made the decision and worked with um, nearby farmers. We worked with the DMSB, which is their equivalent of the uh, of Motorsport UK, um, and worked with the track themselves. And we ended up running a competitive rally on the Nordschleife. Um, and the the weird thing about this is that on day one it went round the regular way. Day two, we went in reverse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Andy thinks they know which way Nurburgring goes. Um, whether I mean, I'd, I, I've had the pleasure of doing, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, twenty laps as a driver, maybe a hundred laps as a passenger, which I'm hugely grateful for. But I haven't got the faintest clue which way it's going to go next. Um, take that to a driver who does know where they're going. But then say, "Where are you doing it backwards tomorrow?" There are some playing white faces. That's just incredible. I mean, I had the privilege. What was it now? A couple of years ago, I got to uh, do the live world feed of the VLN race over oh, there for yeah. Radio Le Mans, and it was just a phenomenal experience. A hundred odd cars racing for four hours on this thing it, it, and, and it's just a totally different thing but to then suddenly do it in reverse interestingly tim we had uh, someone uh, tim someone else called you that tom <laughs> um we had uh, someone asking about uh, as a question recently whether we they'd ever sort of done cars the opposite way around at castle coombe i don't uh, don't think yeah, can we could uh, yeah, the open way around yeah that's the thing it's the, it's the armco overlap isn't it yeah, that's that's. I, I mean, I don't know. They did something back in the day, possibly when things were slightly, um, slightly less health and safety. But um, I'd have to check. I mean, if people have got questions like this, if they want to stick them on any sort of Facebook or email us, we do have an archivist, um, Pete Stowe, um, and he literally is a, 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 a an encyclopedia of of knowledge. I mean, he really does. Um, it'd be great to get him on here. I don't think he would. Um, he would want to do it, but uh, yeah, he really there isn't anything that he doesn't know about the circuit. Um, Which so, brings to the point, Tom, about after Sunday's show, is you talk about yeah. someone that knows loads, is that we got a lovely email from David George, who so many of you will know, yeah, and the voice 
Russell Coombe and, and he enjoyed Sunday's show and he was he was sort of regaling us with his memories of the day that that, that Nigel Greensaw was in that Formula One car, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, so there's a lot of people, I think there's so many people that um that have been involved with Coscoom or been to Coscoom and, and still are or still on the periphery and since for many, many years, even before any of us three, you know, were around or involved. And I think there's even some um I'm trying to remember the chap's name. Is it Dave uh, Vass? I think is it. Yeah, I think, um, and he, you know, he's he was telling me he'd been in, involved around at Coombe for you know decades almost. So yeah, it's you know it's it's great. And I think that's the, that's the beauty of well, that's the beauty of Castle Coombe and that's the beauty of motorsport as well, isn't it? You know, like you said, if we lived if we lived next to Alton Park, we lived next to you know uh, Silverstone, else you'd probably be um, having the same thing. But I think Coombe is, is is special, and I think I'm really pleased, Peter is involved with us and I'm pleased that, you know, he's had good experiences there before and, you know, and, and enjoys it. I think that's what it's about really. Uh, absolutely. I mean, continuing your story, Peter, is that uh, you then sort of stepped out of the industry into international sales for a little while, clearly with your comment there that, that languages is your, is your uh, forte there. That makes sense. But you then took on role of head of international at the MIA in 2007, 2008. That's right. Yeah, yeah. And that was, uh, I think that was the year we had the winning uh, diesel Audi on the, uh, on the standard autosport. So yeah, one, one of my jobs was, uh, was handling that, that autosport um, stage. That was a 20 by 20. And that was, again, another great way of being involved in motorsport. And the, the MIA does an awful lot for the, for the industry at large. And um, that's, uh, that's, that's really good. But um also, uh, a, a large part of that was uh, was working with uh, trade bodies uh, and government funds, such as they were at the time, to uh, to encourage motorsport companies to do business abroad. Um, and so, I got involved in uh, sending companies not only over to the states for PRI and the SEMA shows, um, but also going around the shows and you know doing factory tours in Italy or um trade shows like the bmw show over at uh, over in cologne um and again that was that was you know it was a satisfying job and the nice thing was that you know it was it was good to know that I was giving something back to the industry as well as earning a crust um so that was that was good fun as well yeah, yeah. No, no. Of us, all we know of MIA Autosport is looking over enviously everybody sat down in the comfy seats having coffees to be honest that's that's what we get to see. Yeah, behind behind the scenes there was. I remember that year because the yeah, it, it's it, it's an operation that looks very slick, and you've got everybody going around. There's lots of business going on, and there's lots of meeting rooms in place, and there's yeah, a heck of a lot of action. Um, but yeah, they they did have a chart on a whiteboard, and that's like how many Red Bulls has Peter drunk today? And it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I have managed to get in there and have meetings myself, and I felt very privileged at that. Just well, quickly, comments coming up by the way is that my friend dear friend ian simpson from alton park said that they go the opposite way Ooh, nice uh, for the rally every november and uh our very own emma strawford saying that knock hill run uh, reverse mm. race meetings as well and that sometimes is on the same weekend on one day they go one direction and the next they go the mm. other way so they've done that there as well i well, should so test the coin at the start of the day yeah exactly right exactly <laughs> So from MIA, you then went and worked for the company which owned Armoral and STP, which is where you guys first met, I believe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I bumped into Tom first time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And another huge American brand, STP, huge, isn't it? A huge, a lot of um, history as well, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, with a huge amount of racing heritage as well. And so that gave me the opportunity. I mean, I was I was managing uh, European accounts there and I was uh, running uh, a large part of the Middle East business there for a while as well. But um, some, of the, some, of the, some of the best things I managed to do there were back in, back in a fully motorsport direction. So um, uh, I think it was 2011. Uh, uh, I, we, we had a very, very small sponsorship uh, on one of the, uh, the Murphy um, LMP2 cars, um, which a lot of the big stakeholders from the US uh, came over to, to watch. Um, and back at the office in London, they said, Peter, can you kind of, you know, you, you know, motor racing, can you go and kind of show them around and, you know, keep them company and you know, make sure they're not getting bored or anything like that. And basically just sort of represent a little bit. I was, yeah. Okay. Fine. Yeah. What I hadn't realized was the VIP package that these guys were on. Um, and so I think due to a combination of absolute, um, absolute bewilderment and, um, and just feeling very lucky, I was one of the last people that the marshals finally hosed off the grid before the race began. Um, because we were just there gulping at the cars. Um, we managed to have, have dinner on, in the restaurant that overlooks start-finish um, at night. And again, you know, the, the toughest thing about that was trying to shake off my imposter syndrome, um, which wasn't helped by the fact that we also got a car in the driver's parade on the Thursday. Um, so we had like a big bag of um, STP caps um which we were hurling out of the the car um and yeah the imposter syndrome wasn't helped by ten thousand french people looking at me in this car going past and shouting who are you <laughs> in fact you clean that one up there <laughs> yeah um but again yeah uh great experiences with with stp uh the other thing i have to say is that um Part of that also meant that um, STP committed to be one of the founder sponsors on what was known as the Bloodhound mm. Project, um, and is now still going in the in the guise of Britain's uh, land speed record uh, contender. Uh, so I did get to be involved in you know things like launches and stuff like that. I was there at the launch of the project at the Science Museum, which must have been two thousand and. I want to say 2009, something like that. Yeah, rings um, But again, the, the great thing about that was that uh, we were able to bring um, customers were okay, but it did mean I was also able to um, talk to, you know, bring a few friends with kids and bring, um, bring the message to schools as well. Mm. I got asked to speak at a school in Dubai, um, again, through, through working there. Um, and just... I just talked to, at them for about an hour about this bloody car um, and how it's going to do a thousand miles an hour. Um, and it's halfway there. It's, yeah. it's good to see. But again, that's just um, just another example of how much industry is just going on all the time. And I hope those guys are doing um, are able to do good work at this particular time as well, because they went out to um, South Africa and had a, had a pretty good run. So finally, that's uh, that's kicking into action. Right, I'm getting the uh, evil eyes white my, my teas ready. 
I can see Tom's in trouble. Well, we've got a couple of things that we're going to uh, wrap to quickly finish off covering, but we'll, you, we'll let you go, Tom. So that thank you, you very much, Chaps. Your... Yeah, have a nice evening. Thank you, thank you for your time, Peter. And uh, yeah, you, thank, thanks, Chris. And hopefully, um, we're going to be back on air on Sunday or being well. Um, we'll we'll we? carry on for a little bit longer here, but Tom, yeah. you'll be back. Yeah, be no back worries. Do we know uh, for definite who we got Sunday, Tom? Oh, should we tell everyone now? We'll see if they're still listening. Or yeah, 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 tell us. Yeah. So um, yes. So um, Alan, um, and uh, do you know his surname's just escaped me. So help me out, Chris. Come on, um, <laughs> <laughs> Alan Jones. Yeah, you're looking because uh, he's Welsh. Is that what you're going to say? Isn't it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's why I've questioned myself. But I was going to say. Yeah. But he's uh, he's Team Synchro as uh, a Honda uh, works team up at um, the factory up in Swindon. And um, yeah, so he's they. I mean, the team they, they were supposed to be racing with us with the David with the Dave Allen trophy. Um, so he's going to be on hopefully on Sunday, uh, telling us all about what, they, what they've been up to. And again, another fascinating career of how he got into racing and into motorsport via the Honda factory and, and Dave Allen. But yeah, thanks very much guys. And um, yeah, I shall see you all soon. Yeah. You go and get yourself out of trouble, Tom. We'll speak to you Take on care. Sunday. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's Tom going and getting himself out of trouble. So it's just me and you. Uh, yeah, Alan, Alan James is our guest on Sunday. And actually, it was Dave Allen's birthday. Would have been Dave Allen's birthday today. And I know that the thing he put up was uh, uh, that it was Dave that got him into racing. So clearly, he's still got a lot of affection for the late, great Dave Allen that... Uh, did a lot with Honda and, of course, that a lot there at Castle Coombe. So we look forward to seeing him on uh, Sunday. Right, uh, Peter, just because I'm still i still keen to make sure we've not got masses. So everybody, please stay with us because we've got just a few more bits to, to cover. But it's oh, interesting. Sure. So from uh, um, the company which owned Armour on STP, the, the amazing experiences that Le Mans 24 Hour and things like that. Le Mans 24 Hour, that's my... That's my dream commentary thing for me at the minute is that I'm desperate to be able to be part of a commentary team over there. And I'm hoping that, uh, you know, sometime in the near future, I may be able to do that. So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. So I'm very envious that you got to go over and do that. It's a very it's special not, experience, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I have to say, after after that experience, I did then go over um, about four years later Um uh, and uh, and did the full on um, down in the motor camping experience as well. So I have have experienced Le Mans both ways the uh, the the prong yeah. way and the real way. Did you build the uh, the the wall of empty beer bottles around your campsite as well? Um, yeah, we we, we kind of found a spot and fenced it off, and then. Um, uh, I can I can give a bit of a shout out to the guys who uh, who, who introduced me to to uh, to the the real experience of of, of Le Mans was uh, our mutual friend and commentator Russell Douglas and uh, and his uh, um, and his, his son Alex who uh, I, I jumped in the car with and um, yeah they they always managed to get a, a nice spot and we um, let's say we ate well we ate well and we drank well um, but um, that's the thing. Memory I have is the fact that, of course, you stop at one of the hypermarkets on the way down and you on the chubbies um, and lots of them. And then everybody's drinking them in the campsite. And then it became this unwritten competition that as you finished a chubby, you put it down and you basically were building the wall of empty chubby bottles. <laughs> that is good. No, exactly. So from there, you went to uh, Bridgestone Tires uh, as brand yeah. manager for Northern Europe. Mm. Yeah, great move. That they, they were looking for somebody who'd um, who 
kind of knew their way around commercially, but also had some events experience because what they were doing was uh, doing a lot of uh, events and sponsorship activations. So I so I got into that and worked with them on um, on on a number of things. Started off with uh, with a lot of uh, golf stuff. Uh, strangely, Bridgestone do make golf equipment, but actually there was um, a sponsorship of the British Masters and. We ran, um, we sponsored something called the Bridgestone Challenge, which was a round of the European Challenge Tour golf. Um, so I got involved in choosing the location of where this was to be to be held, um, getting uh, uh, getting the venue set up, and in the in the end, we got um, a, a big event uh, organised for what was essentially, you know, your Formula Two of uh, of golf. Um, over a place called Hayfrock Park in Oxfordshire, which wasn't a, a million miles away from uh, from the Renault Formula One team now at Enston. Uh, so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we ended up putting on uh, driving experiences. We got technical partners like Aston Martin sent cars down um, and put on a great experience there. Um, but what that led into, um, and what that what's obviously become a little bit of a challenge right now is that uh, while I was there, uh, Bridgestone announced their top-line Olympic sponsorship. So Bridgestone, along with you know, big giants like um, Panasonic and Toyota, were um, announced themselves as headline sponsors of the Olympics. Um, and so I got involved with, um, with launching that, um, that sponsorship and, and all the activations around it. So uh, working with people like uh, the, the diver, Chris Mears, um, golfer Charlie Hull, and famous decathletes, Daley Thompson, who were our brand ambassadors. So put on an event in London and launched the whole thing. Um, and that was an amazing experience. Dan Walker, for, you'll know from uh, BBC Breakfast, compared the thing for us. And uh, for me, it was, it, was, it was quite a special thing because... Uh, uh, we were we were the first of any of the uh, any of the European countries to 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 uh, to break the silence on this. So uh, we put on a load of uh, load of boosting, load of um, Facebook lives and things like that, and uh, turned it into a really amazing event. Got loads of reach, loads of engagement, but the nothing quite compares to the Olympics when it comes to working with big brands, uh, big names, big people's heroes in a lot of cases. Um, and just kind of, again, harnessing the power of sport to drive things forward commercially and um, yeah, really create a, create a big buzz around something that is effectively, even for Bridgestone, back and round. It's amazing that you mentioned there as well, Davy Thompson. I still remember as a youngster is that we've had Davy Thompson race a Peugeot three hundred nine at Castlecombe Circuit. He's a There's yeah, a and he is he is a terrific guy. I remember he he, he took part in the I think it would have been the Ford Credit Fiesta Championship in ninety four as well. Um, and um, I I I kind of met him at some something. I think it was it was it was some kind of. Um, sponsor thing which I blundered into and got introduced to him and the, the amazing thing about that guy is that um, about three or four weeks later as a totally different circuit heard somebody shouting my name and it was bloody Daley Thompson it's like really? uh, yeah I was like he'd remembered it's like 
for heaven's sake, you know, and, and again, you know, um, imposter syndrome goes completely into overdrive at that point. It's like, wow, I'm, I'm being recognized by a decathlete. So, you know, so of course I said, not now daily, I'm busy. <laughs> I, I and I can relate to that imposter syndrome because I have uh, of the privilege of of meeting and and, and interviewing a lot of uh, uh, famous people. Uh, obviously, a lot of famous drivers, famous other sports that might be racing. But equally, you know, we get say from from the music industry, from the acting industry, and stuff like that. And I remember the early stages when I was doing it, I was absolutely starstruck and struggling to do it. And my dad happened to be with me at Brands Hatch when I was on the mic one time. And he turned to me and he said, remember something, son, they need you to be interviewing them as much as you need them and their celebrity appeal. Mm. And it was mm. one of those defining moments that turned over. It goes, yeah, if there's no one giving them the voice, then they don't get heard. And, and, you know, it's only that little thing that then got me over it. Then the next interesting thing was that once I got that block out of my system to actually speak to them, is that they turn around and have this, but I'm just me. <laughs> we, but they're going, but I'm just me. And I do something that I was good at and I enjoy and, and things like that. And, and everybody has it. I always talk to, to our drivers in the local championships, you know, okay, fine. They're not necessarily A-listers, but speaking as a fan, as a five-year-old, as a, as a, as a, you know, a youngster, as a teen, as a young adult and, and everything is that you have your favorite drivers and things like that. Yeah. And you relate to the drivers in the championships so that when those people are walking around and they want to get a photo with you, they want to speak to you, our drivers are, uh, you know, a lot of them, uh, the majority of them are hobby drivers and they're going, but I'm just me. I'm just coming and having some fun. It's like, no, remember those spectators that are coming in to see you. You're the gladiator out on the circuit that they watch every time they come here. And I, I've therefore sort of like computed the same sort of angles when I'm with those famous people to try to combat that imposter syndrome. Mm. It's, it's mm. not. I get that. I get that. Talking of, uh, of of celebrities, carry on with yourself. Um, you, joined, <laughs> you joined VP Racing Fuels in 2018 to handle business development for Europe, which is a mix of sales efforts and marketing uh, activation. And we've been talking about, obviously, ourselves, Santa Pod, uh, and, and the European Drag Racing Series as well. Yeah, yeah. So we, we, we run a... Um run a, a kind of a support program and together with uh, our distributors around um, around the Scandinavian region. Um, and uh, so, you know, when you go to places like Kauhava or Tier, um, again, cathedrals of European drag racing, as uh, just as Santa Pot, um, you know, there, there's, especially in Northern Europe um, and, you know, Have we lost you, Peter? Well, we've potentially lost Peter there mid-go. Uh, mid it could be me that's been lost, but at the moment, we don't seem to have Peter. I hope oh, you have uh, of, of those cars in this series is fantastic. I, I lost you half of that, so I'm not sure whether uh, uh, you were still talking and everyone heard you or whether they lost me, but uh, apologies for that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Um, but but in essence, you were talking about how amazing the European uh, drag racing series is. We probably need to wrap it up anyway. That's probably what that was telling us. Peter. We, <laughs> yeah, we could the, carry on, but couldn't we? The stream's uh, going to snap any minute, isn't it? 
exactly, exactly. But I'm going to round it up then by saying that your love of the sport is shown by the fact that you're still uh, out there doing the um, lap charting <laughs> for the likes of Russell Douglas. I've got to work with his brother, Alistair Douglas, and Alistair's son I would have been working with this year, Duncan, as well. Uh, and Chris Hartley, who we know at Castle Cooper, commentated a few times, uh, including 10 years at Beckett's for the British Grand Prix. So you're still above and beyond the professional side, like myself, is that I always say I'm a fan in the commentary box. You're a fan first, ahead of everything you do. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll still, I'll still do anything I, I can on a uh, that I get the time for on a uh, on a kind of a voluntary basis, just to um, just to get a little bit close to the sport. So, um, yeah, I'm very happy to say that you know, fingers crossed that uh, you know, the, the, this year I think would be uh, year ten of me doing the lap charts for the uh, for the British Grand Prix um, from Beckett's, um, and uh, again. You know, for um, just an exchange of my time and going down to the circuit to have what from Beckett's is one of the best views in in motorsport. With um, you know, you get the cars coming out of Abbey through um, through Farm um, the Loop uh, down Wellington Street. Then you spin your head, and then you and then you've got them coming out of Cops through yeah. Maggots, Beckett's, and Chapel, and off they go again. Um, so you get them twice a lap. Um, it's it's really fantastic, and again, that's where um, you know we were talking earlier, Chris, about you know the the role of a lap charter, especially somewhere like there, um, where you've got a 360 degree view. Um, the the role of the lap chart guy is basically to jab the commentator in the ribs and go, something's happened over here. Talk about that. <laughs> Very much so, very much so. We've only got one set of eyes and, and what have you. I'm amazed you fit in, though, because it's not exactly the biggest and most salubrious of commentary boxes there, though, is it? It is a shed on a stick. Um, yeah. And, uh, yes, but Beckett's Box is the Twitter handle that I uh, operate for the, for the British Grand Prix weekend. So um, <laughs> so it, it, it'll, it, it'll contain... It's usually me giving the Radio Silverstone guys a good sledging for sounding so much like uh, Mashy and Nicey. <laughs> absolutely well uh no better way to finish it chris mason uh from the medical side as well saying great job guys thank you very much uh keep up the good work please take care that will be and stay safe uh absolutely as chris says there uh please do everybody stay safe but peter thank you so so much for coming on and being a guest it's it's been an absolute pleasure you were worried that you wouldn't have much to say <laughs> to say we have plenty to be talking about and it has been an absolute pleasure and i'm sure everybody has enjoyed it judging from the interaction as well oh that's uh, that's great to hear chris and thanks so much for having me on um a, a big thanks to again just to just say thank you very much for uh, um you know not not just to our, our marshals for being those volunteer guys to keep the sport going um but also um to to anybody out there who's working in in the front line um, whether that's people who are delivery drivers or who are, who are working in supermarkets or um, a shout out to my girlfriend Donna who is a doctor with the NHS and is is at the front end of this as well so thanks ever so much everybody for for your support at, at this difficult time and um, you know fingers crossed and uh, lots of good thoughts that uh, that we'll be we're back at Castlecombe and, uh, and all over racing very soon. 
Absolutely. No, thank you. And as Scott says, a great guest in you. Thank you, Peter, for that. And thank you for those comments and to your, your girlfriend. Very best. So thank you to uh, Peter Coleman for joining us. Thank you, everybody that has watched this and been really interacting with us. It's been great. Tom Burles, no, I don't need polish for my head. Thank you very much. But uh, it's been great fun. We look forward to seeing you all again. Seven o'clock Sunday night when we got Alan James from Synchro Motorsport and uh, an awful lot to talk about there. So thank you, Peter. And uh, stay safe, my friend. Likewise, Chris. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Cheers, all.